You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. Let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 20 this morning. Exodus chapter 20. Um, I apologize. We are having some lighting issues. So if you can't see the Bible in front of you on your device, we'll be sure and put it on the screen for you. Uh, it's great to have you as we continue in our series, Gold and Honey, where we are basically, we just took the title from uh, Psalm 1910, where the Bible says that God's law is to be more desired than gold and is sweeter than honey. Uh, a lot of times when we think of God's law, we don't think of it in that way. But the truth is, as we dive into it, what we're discovering is week by week together that when we take God's law and we actually apply it to our life. It makes sense. You know, life just seems to work better. And so, uh, man, it's great having you with us today. If you're a first-time guest, welcome. Uh, we want you to go from feeling like guests to feeling like family. Uh, that's not just cliche. We really do. And so uh, if you just want to get more information about us, want to learn about us from arm's length, uh, you can go to our website, fellowshipparagol.com, or get on uh, Facebook and join our group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash fellowship paragold. Um, but if you want to uh, get more connected, Luke will talk about this later. You can get involved in a missional community. And I would love to teach you uh, or show you how you can do that. But if uh, you don't even want to get involved in MC, but you want to grab a breakfast or lunch or whatever, come and see me at the door and, and we'll arrange that. And uh, we really do just want to love you and serve you the best that we can. And so uh, again, Exodus chapter 20 is where we are. Um, we're going to just read one verse, okay? But don't confuse one verse, one short verse for a short sermon, all right? And so uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Again, we're walking through the Ten Commandments together. And today we come to this commandment in verse 12. It says, Honor your father and your mother. And all the parents in here rejoiced. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for each person who is here. I thank you for already meeting us here. I thank you for already ministering to my soul through the music today. I pray that right now you will do what only you can do through the preaching of your word, that you will take these words, that you will make them alive in our hearts, stir our hearts towards you. And transform us for our good and your glory. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. When I say the word parent, there's probably mixed emotions in here. There's, there's different thoughts that come to your mind. For me, when I think of parents, I think first of my, my mom and I think of a woman who was very kind and very generous uh, some of you know my mother. Um, if you have ever taken the five love languages, some of you, your love language is uh, you receive love by receiving gifts. My mom is like the other side of that. She like receives love by giving gifts. She really does. Like she's the most generous person. I remember in high school, my friends would always just come into our house on the weekend and my mom would be like, what's your favorite thing to eat? And she would just cook it for all. I mean, she just loved giving gifts and doing things for people. I also think of a woman who is very compassionate and tender in her care. Um, this may come as a surprise to some of you, but I was kind of a hypochondriac growing up and uh, was a little bit of a mama's boy. And, um, and so uh, there were several instances where, uh, you know, I would blow things out of proportion, but my mom would never shame me. She'd just be very tender in her care of me. And I can remember, for example, one time I was playing hockey, uh, street hockey. Remember the rollerblades and all those things? So I was doing, I playing some hockey, and one of my friends uh, was, was trying to uh, hit the puck, and, and his stick ended up hitting me in the arm. 
And whenever he did, eventually, I just felt this pain shoot down my arm. So I dropped my stick. It was just like, ah. Oh. And so, like, I was like, my arm's broke. And so, like, I, I skated home. And then, like, he beat me home. And he's knocking on the door. And he's like, Miss Pickney, Miss Pickney, Jared's arm's broke. His arm's broke. And so she comes out. And she's like, well, Jared, move your, move your hand. Let me see what's going on. And so I, I moved my hand. She's like, where, where did you get hit? And I was like, right here on this little bone on my elbow. And she's like, well, can you bend it? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I think you just hit your funny bone. And I was like, I think you're right. Can I have a popsicle, Mom? She's like, sure. And uh, I was 15 when that happened, by the way. <laughs> and so, uh, makes it a little strange. But uh, when I think of my dad, I think of someone who was very steady. Uh, my dad worked the same job for 44 years. He's still working it at, at Monroe, just doing the same thing every single day. Isn't that crazy? Same thing, 44 years. Uh, I think my dad was, I can always just see him in the Word. He was very steady, very principled man. He was also a very strong man. Uh, he battled cancer eight different times. Um, and I can't ever remember him missing a day of work. I can't ever remember him missing a day of preaching. He, he also was a pastor part-time. Um, and, and, and so when I think of my dad, I think of uh, strength. And I also, I think he's strong because I remember, I was thinking of this this past week. I remember a time when I was 17 years old. I was dating a girl. Uh, we are uh, riding around in my Chevy S10, step side, extended cab. And um, we're listening to some music. And I go to turn into our neighborhood. And when I did, I, I cut a guy off, Okay. And, and clearly, this guy was not happy that I cut him off because all of a sudden, I mean, he gets in my bumper. And he's just like honking on the horn, honking on the horn. I look back behind me, and he's gesturing things. Like, not like it's okay either. Like, I mean, he's visibly angry. And so I pull into my neighborhood, and this guy's like right on my tail, but I'm afraid to pull over because I'm like, this guy's going to beat me up because he's way bigger than me. I was 130 pounds, dripping wet when I was 17 years old. And so, like, I just begin to circle my neighborhood. And every time I would pass our house, I'd be like, huh, 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 you know, like hoping my dad would come out. Like, we didn't have cell phones. So I just, like, kept circling, kept circling. And eventually, like, on the third and final lap, I come around, and I see my dad standing in the front yard. So I pull over. This guy hops out behind me. This is a true story. This literally happened. This guy hops out. He's this huge dude. Walks out. My dad is like 5'10", like a buck 70. Okay, so he's not a guy, big stature. But he comes. He gets in this guy's face and he says, get in the car right now. He's my son. I'll take care of it. And the guy got in the car and left. It was amazing. It's like a David and Goliath type moment. My dad is just a strong man. So like when I think of my parents, I have a lot of great memories, right? But for some of you, whenever you think of mom... Or you think of your dad, isn't it true that rather than having maybe feelings of joy, you have feelings of sorrow this morning? That, that maybe um, rather than thinking about good memories, it almost seems like a nightmare when you think about your parents? And what I just want to say before we dive into this is, um, I'll be honest, whenever Rusty and I started working through who's going to preach what, and he was like, you know, like it worked out to where I was going to preach in honor your father and mother, I was like, oh man... It's going to be lame. And I don't want to preach that. Like, what are you, just cut and dry, honor them, and let's go home, and, right? I mean, that's all there is to it. But I'll, as I begin to dive into this, as God always does, and I begin to study this passage, he began to just warm my heart. And as the week went on, the more excited I, I became about preaching this, because here's what I believe. Uh, no matter what kind of parents you had, in fact, no matter what stage of life you're in, guess what? We all are still children. We all still have parents, whether they're good parents or bad parents, whether they are alive or they are dead. And so I believe that God has a word for us today through this text that if we will apply it to our lives, we will experience the life that he's created us to experience. And, and so because this is just a straightforward 
text. I'm going to preach a pretty straightforward message today. There's just three questions we're going to try to answer. The first question is going to be this. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? What does it really mean? Second question is going to be this. Why should we honor our father and mother? And the third question is going to be how do we honor our father and mother? It's going to be really straightforward today, okay? So, so what does it mean to honor our parents? Why should we do it? And how do we do it? And in order to answer this first question about how we honor our mother and father, I think we need to talk about what it doesn't mean to honor our mother and father. And what I want you to hear today is when the Bible says that you are to honor your mother and your father, it does not mean that you have to do every single thing they ask you to do, no matter what it is they've asked you to do. I want you to hear that today. Ultimately, each of us, our allegiance rests with God, not our parents. Uh, primarily, if you are a Christian, you are a child of God before you are even a child of your mom or dad. Does that make sense? And so when your mom or dad asks you to do something, we should always look and say, if it doesn't line up with God's word for my life, I'm not going to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, like, like we should be obedient to God before we are obedient to our earthly parents. And so, yes, we should obey them, but if they're calling us to do anything that is out of line with what God has called us to do, we always go with God over mom or dad. Okay, always. And when you get those things reversed, I promise you, things will begin to fall apart. So to honor your father and mother doesn't mean you do absolutely every single thing they ask you to do, no matter what it is. Also, you need to know this, to honor your father and mother does not mean that whenever you grow up and you get out of the house and you actually get married and get a job and start having children, that you still have to listen to your mom and dad over everybody else. doesn't mean that. I know some marriages that are highly dysfunctional right now because they really feel like they have to listen to mommy or daddy over their own spouse. Guys, that's not honoring your mother and father. That's just really sinning against your spouse. It's neglecting the scripture that says when we get married, we're to leave and cleave, right? Like we're, we're to leave our parents and cleave to our spouse, right? So, so it doesn't mean that you always have to listen to them above everybody else and do what they say above everybody else no matter what age you are. Third thing I would just say is this. To honor your mother and father doesn't mean you have to like everything about your father and your mother. You don't have to just like everything about who they are and what they've done. We'll talk more about this in just a little bit. Some of you have been sinned against by your parents. In this passage, God is not calling you, right, to, to just kind of sweep that under the rug and act like it never happened and say, just pretend like everything's fine. All right? That's not what it means to honor our father and our mother. So what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, the word for honor here is actually the same word that is used for glory. And it actually is a word that means weight or weightiness. And so listen to this. When God calls us to honor our parents, here's what he's saying. You need to realize that your parents carry a lot of weight in your life. You need to realize that they play a very significant role in your life. Therefore, what it means to honor your parents is this. It's to choose to place a great value upon your relationship with them. It's basically to realize that your relationship with your mom or your dad, no matter who they are or where they come from or what they've done or haven't done, is different from any other relationship that you will ever have on earth. And by that fact alone, they deserve honor. Now, we're going to talk specifically and very practically in just a few moments about how we can honor our parents, no matter how good or bad they may be. But before we do that, let me just talk to the parents for a moment. 
Because for those of you who are parents in here, and you still have kids in home, some of you are making it incredibly difficult for your kids to want to honor you. And so let me just say a couple things quickly about how we can parent in a way that will help our kids, it'll make it easier on our kids to honor us, okay? First thing I would say is this, if you want to make it easier for your kids to honor you, you need to stop treating your kids like a burden and start treating them like a blessing, Okay? Now, I know on Sunday mornings, if there's ever a time to convince you your kids are a blessing, Sunday mornings is really not the time. Because if you're anything like me, Sunday mornings can often be World War III trying to get the kids ready. All right? Especially for my wife, because she's like basically a, a single mom on Sundays, because I'm working and getting ready for the sermon, and that sort of thing, right? And so even today, like we hear the kids crying, and Megan's like, can you please go in there and check on them so I can hurry up and get ready? And I go in there, and Nora has the basketball go, Wyatt's basketball go up like this, and is literally about to throw it on top of Wyatt. And so I have to grab it, and I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, he said he wouldn't marry me, because I'm mean. And it's like, they're like fighting over this. I'm like, well, of course, like, no one's going to want to marry you the way you act. And so, you know, um, and so, you know, it's, Sunday mornings are, are tough, right? Sometimes, isn't it amazing to be a parent sometimes? It's like uh, two weeks ago, we're watching Chronicles of Narnia, me, uh, Wyatt, and, and Nora, by the way, my kids are, are four, and Wyatt's about to be three in May, and we're sitting there, and Wyatt puts his arm around me, and for those of you dads that have ever experienced this, you know how awesome it is. He puts his arm around me, and he goes, I love you, Daddy. And then he said, uh, he, sque- he squeezed me, and he goes, we're best buddies forever. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, right? But then there are other times you want to go like all Leviticus on them, you know? <laughs> And so, kids sometimes feel like a burden, but listen to what the Bible says, Psalm 127.3, this is God's word, Psalm 127.3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, and a reward. Another translation says, children are a gift from the Lord. Our culture often talks about kids as if they're a burden, don't they? Luke talked about this last time he preached over parenting, how people will come up to them and say, four kids, bless your heart. You know, like, oh my God. Like, like it's like we're just, I can't believe it. the more kids you have, obviously the worse your life is. In some ways, it's kind of the way we present it in our culture. And this is such a shame. Because though children can turn your hair gray, right? Which I can testify to. Though they do cost a lot of money and they create a whole lot of messes, children really are, the Bible says, a gift from God. And by how we talk to our kids, the tone that we use, by how we spend time with them, they need to know that we believe this, right? So we need to treat our kids like a blessing. Secondly, if you want to make it easier for your kids to honor you, take responsibility for your kids. Will you listen to me real carefully? Parents, your child is not primarily your school's responsibility, nor are they primarily the church's responsibility. You as a child are the one who will stand before God someday and give an account for how you cared for them, discipled them, and prepared them for the real world. You'll stand before God for that, not me. I'll stand before God for my kids. You'll stand before God for your kids. And so let me just, uh, real quickly, we could preach a whole series on this, and maybe sometime we will, but let me just talk real quickly about how as parents we can take responsibility for our kids. The best way to disciple them and prepare them, right, and send them out. First off, If you really want to care for your kids well, love them well, disciple them, you need to love God above anyone or anything else. And your parents need to know that's true. Your kids need to know that's true. If you just talk about God or do God-type things on Sunday morning, do you really think your your kids are going to look at you and say, man, my parents clearly love the Lord above all things? 
by how you talk, by how you behave, by how you spend the, your money, your kids need to know that you truly do love God above all things. And listen, if you're faking this, they're going to sniff it out. Okay? Love God first. Secondly, if you're married, love your spouse. The greatest gift you can give your kids if you're still married is to love your spouse more than you love your kids. It's the greatest gift you can give them. I promise you. Love your spouse second. Then, love your kids next. Love them more than your work. Love them more than your hobbies. Love them more than your friends. Love your kids. Spend time with them. Make sure they know that you really do enjoy them. Fourth, pray for them like crazy. And we won't put it on the screen, but in Psalm 127 it says that it is the, the Lord that builds the house. And those who labor build in vain if we're not relying on His power. Right? We need to pray for our kids like crazy because we can't change their hearts. Only God can truly change them. And so we need to pray that God does His work in their lives. Fifth, and this may come as a big surprise to some of you, coming from a pastor, don't set out to have moral kids. Don't set out to have moral kids. There are a lot of people who claim to be Christians and, and they really think they're doing the Lord's work by simply raising kids who don't drink, don't cuss, don't smoke, don't watch rated R movies, say yes ma'am, no ma'am, and make good grades. They think, well, if I've done that, then I've done God's, God's work for their life. You realize hell is filled with moral people? I'm not saying you don't teach your kids these things. Yes, teach them to say yes ma'am and, and no ma'am. Teach them to be respectful. Teach them to make good grades. But ultimately, you know what your kids need more than anything? Is to see that they need Jesus. And one way, again, they can see their need for Jesus is by seeing mommy and daddy need Jesus. Point to Christ. Point to Christ. He is where their hope is, and he's all that they have. And then, six, I would just say this. You also need to ensure, if you want to, to take full responsibility for your kids, that you prepare them for the day they're going to be sent out into the real world. Your kids should not have to be dependent on you when they're 35 years old. That's not the way that things are designed. Now, sometimes that happens. It happens. And some, and, and some of you, right, like, like because of bad circumstances you've made or because of different situations, maybe that's where you are right now with your parents or, or maybe that's where you are with your kids. And listen, I'm not trying to shame you for that. God doesn't want you to feel guilt over that today. I want to free you from that, okay? But ultimately, that's not what we should be aiming for. Right? Sometimes it happens, again. Maybe that's where you are today, but that's not the aim. That's not the goal. The goal is to help raise them up so that one day they can be dependent on themselves. Uh, they can do things without you having to do it for them. And so if you have small children, you can start right now by doing this. And so for, for me, one of the things I'm doing a, a, as a dad is, is I take my daughter on daddy-daughter dates. Right? She's three years old, and I've already begun this. Or four years old, and I've already begun this. Right? We, we get dressed up. We take her to a restaurant that she wants to go to. Right? And I just talk to her, and I, and I try to love her the best I can. Why? Because I want to raise the bar for my daughter. I want her to know that one day when she starts dating, right, that she doesn't need to settle for some bum who's not going to love her very well. And the way I look at it is if I can raise the bar, I'm not going to need a shotgun, right, because she's not going to settle for someone that I've got to try to run off. Okay? It's my hope. Okay? Um, we give our kids change. When we go uh, purchase something, we give them change, coins, right, and put them in a piggy bank, and then we already teach them how to handle money. Well, we tell them, give 10% to the church, and we'll do that for them. We'll say, save 
And then we'll say the rest of it you can spend how you want. We want them to understand how to handle and use their money in a way that is going to be good for them and going to honor the Lord. Um, we teach them to pick up after themselves. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. But what I just want you to see is this. If you really want your kids to honor you, treat them like a blessing and do what you can to help prepare them for the real world. Okay? And, and again, I really feel the Spirit wants me to, 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 to clarify this again. Um, there are some of you in here right now, I, you probably are dependent on your parents for different things. I don't know who you are, but maybe there is someone. And again, please don't feel any shame or guilt over that because of maybe past uh, circumstances or things that have happened to you or have been done. Okay, is that clear? Okay, so I just want to free you from that. I'm just trying to say again, that's not the aim, that is not the goal of what we are trying to shoot for. Now, for some of you, you sit here and you say, man, these are not the way my parents have been. My parents have not treated me like a blessing. My parents have, parents have not taken full responsibility for me. And so, what am I supposed to do? Well, God says that you honor them still. Notice in this command, God does not give us an out. He does not say, if you have good parents, then you should honor them. He says, no, no, matter, who, no matter who they are, what they've done or have not done, you are to honor them. And why should we honor our parents? That's what I want to talk about. Now, why do we do this? Some would say you honor your mom and dad because when you do, it'll make you wiser. But I know I've talked to some of you that are like, if I actually honored my mom and dad, I would have ended up in, in or if I would have listened to everything my mom and dad said, I would have ended up in prison. Right? I wouldn't have been wiser. I would have been worse because of listening to what they say. And in fact, when I worked at Arkansas Counseling, I was there for five years, we would joke a lot about, you know, sometimes there would be seasons where it seemed like half of our patients, they didn't need the counseling. It was the parents that needed counseling. Right? It was the parents that really were kind of messing up the, the, the kids in a lot of ways. Right? So for some of you, you know, like, listening to your parents will not make you wiser. So that's not a good reason necessarily to honor your parents. Some of you might say, well, the reason we should honor our parents is because of all they've done for us. And yet for some of you, you can sit here and say, my parents have really never done anything for me. So that's not a good reason to honor them either. But what does God say? Look what he says. Here's why we should honor our father and mother. He says, honor your father and your mother. Why? That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You hear that today? Some of you, you think that by showing honor to your parents, it's all about them. But God says it's also about you. What God says in His Word is when you actually show honor to your mother and your father, when you choose to realize they play a significant role in your life, things actually go better for you. He he says, literally, you will be blessed. Like all of God's law, what is... What is God saying here? He says whenever you do this, when you honor your parents, when you recognize how unique and important the relationship with you is, you will actually live longer as a result. Kind of mysterious it seems to be, but yet obviously this is a pretty big deal to God. And so the question then becomes, how do we honor our father and our mother? How do we honor them? Let me just get real practical here. If you're still living at home, kids, listen up. Uncle Jared's got a word for you. Um, You should obey your parents. As long as what they're saying is not out of line with God's words, you should obey them. You should do what they ask you to do. Okay? Even when you don't always want to. Even when you don't always see how it's going to be good for you. You should obey them. I would say another way that we can practically honor our parents is we can spend time with them. 
Now, for some of you who are not in the home, right, you're out, you can still try to seek to spend time with your mom and your dad. Maybe for you, because of distance and scheduling, the best you can do is a phone call or a text message or, or on holidays. But seek to spend time with them. And I know for me, as a, as a parent, one of the ways I feel most loved and honored by my kids is whenever I know they want to spend time with me. And I was convicted by this this past week. If I can just be completely honest with you, you know, there's a lot of times my mom will call me at night, call me, call me, and, and I'm, you know, trying to hang out with the kids or I've got other things I'm doing, and I just will, I won't be able to answer, truly. And so I will end the call, and then I won't call back three, four, five days. And I just began to be convicted about that this past week, and I thought, man, at the very least, I need to call my mom whenever I'm driving from place to place or whatever. Like just something I can do to reach out to her to say I care for you. Right? Like, like I, I want to actually be able to engage with you. Another thing I would say is if you want to look for practical ways to honor your father and your mother, is thank them for the things they have done for you. For some of you, say this is very hard. My parents have never done anything good for me, and I would just beg the differ. I'd say for most of us in here, we can probably find something our parents have done for us that is good. Maybe they didn't make all of your birthday parties, but they did make one or two. Thank them for that. Right? Seek to encourage them. Another practical thing we do to honor our father and our mother is to refrain from talking bad about them to others. Not saying you can't get involved in a fight club and talk through some daddy issues or some issues mom might have caused. Not saying you can't talk to a pastor or a counselor about them, but don't just walk around bashing them for the sake of bashing them. And the last thing I would say is this. Practically, if you want to honor your father and your mother, you're going to have to learn to forgive them. And this is the one that I want to spend the rest of the sermon on. Because, listen, if you have a parent, and we all do, you have been sinned against. All parents, and I'm including myself in here, are sinners. All parents are messed up to some extent. And dysfunctional, some more than others, but all parents therefore need forgiveness. For some of you, your parents have caused you a lot of grief. Some of you in here have been hurt deeply by your mother or your father. And listen, I just want to say this I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Some of you in here have parents who are alcoholics or drug addicts. Some of you have been raised in homes where your mom or your dad was a performance junkie. And so their, joy, their love for you was dependent on how you performed. If you performed really well in school or sports or whatever else, then it was clear they were much happier with you than times when you didn't. Some of you have grown up in homes where you had parents who worked all the time, and so therefore they were absent out of your life. Some of you grew up in a home where you had parents who would motivate with guilt over grace. And so you would be left sitting in shame and fear. No matter who you are or no matter who your parents are, listen, all of us at times have been sinned against by our parents. There are times where they have hurt us, some way more than others. But if you notice in this text, it says God still calls you to honor your parents. And one of the greatest ways that you can do this is by forgiving them for the times they have sinned against you. 
For some of you in here, I know that you look and you say, yeah, but Jared, you just don't understand, man. Like, if you just knew my dad, if you just knew my mom, if you just knew what they have done to me or what they did not do for me, you would never be telling me that I should be forgiving them. Yes, I would. Because I love you, yes, I would. Because as C.S. Lewis says, listen to me, bitterness is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. When you hold bitterness or resentment against your mom or your dad, do you realize, listen to me guys, do you realize you're actually hurting yourself more than you're hurting them? Until you learn to forgive your mom or your dad for what they have done to you, you will never fully experience the life that God has created you to experience. Some of you in here, you have never grown up Because you're still stuck in the past. You're still holding on to something that your mom or your dad did to you. And literally, it is stunting your growth. For some of you in here, man, aren't you glad that you were blessed to grow up in a home with unconditional love? I know I am. Some of you, you grew up in a home where your parents, no matter what you did, would say, I'm so proud of you. You grew up in a home where your parents said, no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, we're always going to be mom, we're always going to be dad, we're always going to love you. And you know how good that felt, don't you? It just freed you up to grow and experience life in a deeper way. But others in here, unfortunately, that's not your story. You had parents who, who never really cared for you like they should. They never loved you like they should. You never really received their approval. Their love was totally conditional. And it hurt like crazy, but listen to me. As hard as it is, if you choose not to forgive them, the result is that your past will continue to control your present. I've got a friend that I've been uh, developed a relationship with over the last year and a half, and he's a an atheist, and so I'm pretty sure he's not going to listen to this podcast. I think it's safe to tell this story. I've actually invited him here several times, and he's like, "No, thank you." And so, but anyways. He, is a, he grew up in a home where his mom constantly was lying and stealing from him. And she was always leaving him at home by himself while she chased after other men. He also had a dad who was in prison his whole life, and so he never had a relationship with his father. His parents totally did not, did not approve of him, did not love him, did not care for him, and, and, and really they were kind of a humiliation to him on many levels. And so here's what he said to himself when he was in high school. I will never be like them. I will never be like that. I'll never be broken like they're broken. And so this is what he did. He said, I'm going to give my life to being as successful as I can be in the eyes of the world. And so to this day, he works probably 60 to 70 hours a week to buy a house he really can't afford. It's a nice house, really nice house. To buy a car he really can't afford and to wear clothes he really can't afford. All for the sake of looking good in front of others. And if you looked at him just on the outside, you'd say, man, that guy's got it going on. But the reality is he's incredibly lonely on the inside. And true story, my wife and I were just talking about this past week. He's always trying to throw these parties, and nobody ever comes to him. He has to cancel the parties because no one shows up. It's really sad, and it's pitiful. But no one, the reason no one comes, he's always so bent on, I've got to prove myself, I've got to prove myself, I've got to prove myself, that nobody wants to be around him. His past still is controlling his present. 
And I know that's an extreme example, but for some of you, you're there right now. For some of you, you never had a dad or a mom, maybe, I don't know which one it may be, that actually said to you, I love you and I'm proud of you. Nothing you did was good enough. Nothing. And so you wake up every morning trying to prove something to someone. Maybe if it's even to yourself. For others of you in here, maybe ladies, you had a dad who was cold and calculated or maybe just absent, and so you never got affection from your father that you long for, that girls want from their daddy. And so because of that, you build your life on the affections you get from another man or men. As a result, because of past sin from your parents that you are still holding on to, it is keeping you from growing up. And what I want you to hear, I know this is a heavy message, this one, but what I want you to hear is when you hang on to this bitterness, do you realize actually what you're hanging on to is the same sin that caused your parents to hurt you? And therefore, as a result, it leads you to hurting your own children if they're in your house. You say, well, Jared, how does that happen? Well, think about it. Have you ever seen those parents that will spoil their kids to death? I mean, literally, they'll give them everything they want. They don't have to work for anything. I've talked to parents before. The reason that is is because they grew up in a home where they got nothing from their mom or dad. And they said, I'll never do that to my kids. They never gave me anything. And because they're still holding bitterness over that, they swing the pendulum the other way and they hurt their kids in a totally different way. They spoil them. They don't prepare them in any way. You see it, and and I've seen it before, especially in the religious South, where parents say, man, my mom and dad, they always were just trying to shove religion down my throat. And so now they've swung the pendulum the other way. They never read the Bible with their kids. They never pray with them. They never talk to them about the Lord, right? And they're hurting their kids in another way. Again, because of your past, it is controlling your present. It is hurting you, and it is hurting your children. So listen, here's what I want to encourage you to do today. Maybe some of you for the very first time, for some of you in here today, you are resenting your parents because of their failures. And right now, God wants to call you to release your parents from those failures. Some of you in here today are stuck in the past. You're holding bitterness and anger against your mom or your dad because of what they have done against you. It is actually creating bondage in your life. And that's bad news, but here's the good news. You ready for it? There's a way out. And it's called forgiveness. And you look and you say, well, Jared, how in the world can I just forgive my mom? How can I just forgive my dad for what they have done to me? And I'll tell you, you can't just flip on a switch and make it happen. But if you want to truly forgive them, here's how you do it. You learn to look beyond your parents. And you see the love of a heavenly father that is poured out for you in Christ. And when you really do that, When you really receive the love of the Father, you you see the one who loves you the most already approves of you. And so guess what? You don't have to have the approval of others, including the approval of your parents. When you see that God approves of you, not because of your work, but because of what He has done for you through Christ, you don't look and say, I have to work so hard and perform to be somebody I'm not or to prove myself because I realize I'm already valued. I'm already loved because of what Christ has done for me. I hope that you hear this today, guys. Listen, to be a Christian is to know God as your Father. To be a Christian is not just to to know God in some general abstract way. 
but it's to have a personal and intimate relationship with Him as your Father. And some of you don't have that today. And I just want to... Do you remember the story of the prodigal son that Jesus was telling, right? Remember that the prodigal son, what happens? The prodigal son comes to the father and he says to his dad, I no longer want you, I just want your stuff. And so he gets half of the father's stuff and then he goes and spends it on prostitutes and all sorts of debauchery. But then what happens in the story? Jesus is telling it, right? The prodigal son comes to his senses and he says, man, it was better with my dad than it ever was here with all this stuff. And so he starts and he says, man, I'm going to try to go back home and just maybe my dad will let me at least be a slave. And so he's heading home and you can just imagine, I mean, he's just thinking, like, there's no way my dad's going to accept me. There's no way he's going to take me back. I've blown it. I know he's just going to shame me. He's going to guilt me. He's going to say, I told you so. I mean, I, but, but I've got to give him this speech. I've got to just try to get back in his good graces. And what does Jesus say? As he is walking back home, before he even sees the father, the father sees him. And what does he do? He runs to him. He throws himself on his son and begins to hug him and kiss him. It's like embarrassing, right? How much he loves the son. And he says, bring the ring, bring the robe, kill the fattened calf. Like, let's throw a party. Let's celebrate for my son was lost, but now he is found. And, and the whole point of Jesus telling the story is he looks at us and he says, this is the love God the Father has for you. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have done. You have not run too far. You have not done too much. You may think you've stunk up your life. God doesn't care about the stink. He says, I just want to love you anyway. I just want to love you. I, I want to ask you this morning, do you know the love of the Father? Do you know the love of the Father? Let me, let me ask it like this. Do you believe that the Father actually not only loves you, but He actually likes you? I know for a big part of my life, I believe God loved me. I mean, the Bible says it, right? For God so loved the world. But I didn't really believe He liked me. I, I believe, man, because He's so busy and because of all the sin and the things that I've done that God is saying, sure, I love you, son, but I just don't really want to hang out with you today. I just got a, a lot to do. Guys, nothing could be further from the truth. You realize the Bible says in Zephaniah 3.17 that God rejoices over you with singing. God can't help himself. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And when you finally experience this love, which, by the way, if you want access to it today, you don't have to work for it, you don't have to earn it, you don't have to deserve it. If you want access to this love, you just completely trust in, in, in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus on your behalf. And when you do that, if you get access to this love, then and only then can you really begin to obey God's law with joy. Then and only then can you truly honor your father and your mother. And when people sin against you, including your parents, then and only then can you really forgive them. And as a result, when you do this, you will finally grow into the man or into the woman that you long to be 
who God created you to be for your good and his glory. I'm going to ask that you will um, stand with me this morning as our band comes forward and those preparing communion. And let's take some time to meditate on this word before we just jet out of here. As we say each week, we do not want to be hearers of the word, we want to be doers of the word. The goal each Sunday morning, I hope you understand, is not just for us to get in the Word, it's for the Word to get in us. And so let's just take time and let's ask the Spirit to take this, what was just taught, and to drive it deeper into our hearts. Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you that on Sundays like this, whenever there's a text that I typically would have never preached. That as we just dive through, we are reminded that all of your word is profitable. All of it is used for correction. All of it is for our good. And so I pray right now, and what could be a heavy message for people will not feel heavy, that we will find a way out of the brokenness, out of the bitterness, out of the mess, that we will truly be able to forgive our earthly parents. I pray that ultimately we will see you as the perfect dad, as a good father who loves us unconditionally with a never stopping, never giving up love. I pray that right now, through the power of your spirit, that you will help us to trust you are who you say you are and you've done everything for us that you say you've done through Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.